Ethical disclaimer. While Diana and I are psychologists, we aren't your psychologists. Reverse psychology, while hopefully fun and informative, is not a replacement for therapy. If you're interested in speaking with a therapist, please check out some of the links in our episode description. Also, Diane and I are both deeply passionate about psychology. Common with things you love, we may get frustrated, but at the end of the day, we hold sincere respect for psychology and psychologists. Now, on with the show. The ladder is huge and very heavy. That's not me warming up. That's oh, the text. <laughs> my vocal warm-ups too. The car goes fast, my foot goes heavy. <laughs> Sing songs of Every soldier sailors. Good boy does fine. Roy G. Biv. I I like the touch, the candle touch. Yeah, because we're gonna talk more about pseudoscience today, and so I lit our Freud candle My, in honor. Sophie gave that. Sophie to gave it to me. I love that candle. Yeah, I mean to you. She's my niece. Still. Uh, yeah, no, the ladder, we can go at 1230 to pick up the Craigslist ladder, and it is large and heavy. Do you think it's going to fit in your car? We're driving your car. Do you think it's going to fit in my car? Maybe. I don't know. What if it doesn't? Then we have to just leave it. Do you think a ladder that's 12 inches will fit? I mean, 12, 12, 12 feet will fit in your SUV? She's acting like I'm stupid because I don't know that a 24-foot ladder folded in half wouldn't fit in an SUV. Why is she throwing new shade? I don't know. She's I mean, not a good salesperson. No. I asked her if she wanted to meet me at a police station because she was weird about... Us going to the house? Oh, nope. She's going to get rid of it now. We can't have it anymore. She says it's awkward for me to keep waiting for you. Fuck her letter. So I want to tell you about something. Okay, shoot. So my mom bought us this ring doorbell. Oh, yeah? What was that noise? Yep. <laughs> and... uh it's cool, except I'm going to turn the sound off because every time a truck drives by, it, I get a notification. An angel gets its ring? The ring doorbell goes off. Yeah, it drives me nuts. Yeah, and um, at work all day, I'm like checking it like, oh, great, someone's on our porch. So I get nervous and then I, you can like talk into it and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like talking to empty space because it's really just a truck that drove by. Yeah, you're like, get out of here, truck. The one time I could finally use it when that, person approached me and either said that she was homeless or harmless i couldn't tell but either way wasn't she yelling i'm not yeah like, i'm not harmless. well no 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 i think i told you that but that was wrong she was okay. saying i'm i'm homeless or i'm harmless it was it was just really hard to tell but she was also waving at me from the street she waving from the street i mean i guess that's nicer than well whatever Coming anyways she came up and wanted to talk to me and then I stood between her and the ring doorbell so the only picture I got from the exchange was the back of my body Mm -hmm. which doesn't help people in the neighborhood on the ring because I posted about it and they asked post the pics post the video post the pics picture it didn't happen yeah so I was like well here's a picture of my back and then I got some political my favorite response was the person that was like was there a crime also, welcome to the new America. Yeah. That was a post. That was Don Glover, though. <laughs> this is new America. She, he lives in our neighborhood? Don Glover, yeah. You haven't uh, seen him? No. Yeah. I wish. He looks way different than you think he would. He probably does live here, and he wears a shirt, and then I can't recognize him without his shirt off. Yeah, that's... if I can't see his nips, I don't know if it's him. Yeah. So anyways, Ring is actually more of social media than anything else, and yeah. it's a place for people to talk about how much crime there is in the neighborhood, so mm-hmm. I'm going to stay away from that. So... That's a ring for you. This has been Ring Talk. If you like it, then you better put a ring on it. 
That's not what that song's about. Yeah, it is. How has your week been? Good. I was so excited that you came back from Cuba. I did. You did. You you for the first day and a half in your adjustment period, you were only speaking Spanish, which was confusing. But you came back. I did. I know. But beyond that, it's been a tired week. Yeah, I know. Even you teach two nights a week mm-hmm. till late and a full time job. I'm an engineer of an up up and coming podcast, mm-hmm. which takes a lot of time. It's been good. It's been a busier week. Off the top of my head, I can't think of anything that stands out. It's just one of those one of those weeks. I there were so many people at work yesterday that their only style of coping with frustration was saying they were going to come back with a gun. It was like literally every other person was like, "Oh, I can't have my opiates." I don't think that's something to joke about these days. No, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not joking about it. No, no, I I was saying that they yeah. were joking about that, it. it. Like four times yesterday, I got brought into people's appointments, and they were like, "Why are you here?" I'm like, "Did you just say you're going to come back with a gun?" Like. Yeah, because I'm angry. It's like, there's like 9,000 other things you can say that don't involve murdering all of us. And half of them are like, half being two of them, they're like, I don't even own a gun. It's like, I don't fucking know. It was a weird day. All right. So what were were your highlights from Cuba? People have been dying to know. One, people have been asking me if you came back. So? Yes. Okay. Pretty sure. Question two, people have been like, did she have fun? Did she have fun? Um, Like fun is a word. Okay. So that was actually the third question. People What's a word? Like, is fun a word? So what things did you learn in Cuba about yourself or the culture? I learned that they say, que bola for what's up. Like, okay. Like instead of like, como estas, they say like, que bola. Is that like a bastardization of No, like of every... What's up? Or is it a different... Every Spanish-speaking country kind of has a different way of saying like, what's up. Do, do the words translate to anything in English? I don't think so. It's not like, oh, how's your dick or... Well, like, like what do you think they say in England? Like, I'm just... Cheerio. No. No. What do you think they say for, like, what's up? I feel like I do know this because I watch Skins briefly. What about the IT crowd? Do they say anything? How are we? That, that's one thing they would say a lot. How are, how are we? Oh. That was, like, their way of what's up. Are we having a laugh? Are we having a laugh? <laughs> yeah. Is that Ricky Gervais here? Gervais? No. no I, I pronounce it the French way. Oh. So, que voila. Que... Okay. Bola. Bola. My friend Alex told me that. I used it in Cuba. Did and you they pass well? Kind of laughed at me. I mean, they definitely can tell I'm American. Yeah, but you're a gringo. I speak Spanish. But one, a, a big compliment I got there was I was speaking Spanish to a guy. And he what? goes. Yeah. He goes, "Where? this is the normal line of questioning. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Pretend you're me and you just spoke Spanish. Que bola. Oh, where are you from? No, I believe in the case. No, where are you from? Uh, just answer. No, that's not how you say. It. Just answer as if you were me. Where are you from? I'm from Los Angeles originally. No, oh, that's your impression of me. Yeah. Okay. Where are your parents from? Philadelphia, e <laughs> California. Answer in English. Just answer in English. <laughs> My parents were from America. Yeah. Why do you speak Spanish? Because I lived in Chile for two years why this is a role play no okay then the next so those are the three questions normally like where are you from where are your parents from why do you speak spanish yeah that's like rapid succession always the questions i get then the statement is oh you speak spanish so well Mm, and then i usually go oh thank you no i mean it's nice it's nice to hear that no it's really nice to hear that because like i worked really hard so like then why do you know why do you speak spanish so well or you speak spanish so well it's sometimes a statement sometimes a question Mm mm-hmm Depending on where the upside down question mark is. 
Sometimes it's an exclamation, which means there's an upside down exclamation mark in the beginning of the sentence. That is my favorite part about the written language yeah. of Spanish. You have to know what's coming. They give you the warning because I definitely hate reading and not expecting it to have an exclamation mark at the end. And then I have to reread it as if it's being shouted. Sure. So then the guy said, after the, you speak Spanish so well. And I said, thank you. Mm-hmm. I said, gracias. Gracias. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. And oh, then. Gracias. Yeah. That's gross. That's how I speak Spanish. Don't make that face. It's just my rusty face. No, you face. don't. You say, quiero, quiero pantalones? Yeah. Donde esta el Ramon Baños? Me gusta. <laughs> when we were in Colombia, we did call knockoff Ray-Bans Ramon Baños. <laughs> yeah. Me gusta Ramon Baños. Everyone was selling Ramon Baños there. They were. They called me Senor Muscles. I think they just mostly laughed at you because... They did. You because I'm so funny. Yelled, nope. Yeah, they were, they would walk up, be like, Senor Cab? I'm like, nope. My favorite was when they would just offer me escalating levels of drugs. They'd be like, you want to pipe with marijuana? I was like, no, thank you. It was like, ecstasy? That is DMT? So, that's such an offensive accent you're using. Oh, this is an Italian guy that we okay. saw in Colombia. Okay, let me get back to this guy. That I need to finish Okay, go see him. We'll talk later. No, 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 no. I mean, what he said to me. So then, you know, you speak Spanish well, thank you. And then he said, you don't speak with a cowboy accent. And then I... Hola, wa- partner. And then I said, oh, thanks. What's a cowboy accent? And, he, one. and he said, the Americans speak like this. Hola, donde esta el bano? Donde el bano, He basically partner. threw shade at all the U.S. He said, Americans come down here, they butcher the language, and... I mean, it's reasonable yeah. because we don't really learn how to use other languages in this country. So he was not wrong. No, but he's also... But he n- also was funny. Okay, more than me? Well, I don't know. I only talked to him for a couple of minutes. Well, you can, you can give an, an, an estimate. He was, he was jovial. So um, what else is going... Oh, highlights of Cuba. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot. I've never been in a communist country before. Okay. What'd you think? Well... Love it or leave it. Love it or list it. Yeah. List it or leave it. I mean, both, honestly. Cuba was hot. Okay. Not a lot of air conditioning. There's no better way to feel like a privileged person in this world than going to a communist country where people can't get things that they need. I've mostly traveled to Latin American countries and no one's super excited to be like, oh, great, you're from the United States. Wonderful. Thanks Thanks for that dictator you put in here yeah it yeah it's kind of like yeah welcome yeah are you here to steal more of our bananas yeah i mean people are generally like friendly with people from the u.s i don't know i kind of want to pretend i'm canadian or something Mm. but you know whatever is that why you wore a full jeans jean shirt jean jacket when you traveled to cuba what's that canadian Canadian where did that come from uh dave cooey i'm assuming (laughs) (laughs) yeah Right after he got went down on in a movie theater, he was like, you know what I'm going to make? Canadian tuxedos. All right. Cut it out. Yep. Get it. Got it out. <laughs> okay. So what's up for today? Hey. So we still need to say welcome to the podcast. Oh, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. It's the psychomedy podcast you always wanted. The psychocast. That tagline? That's great. It's, I love that. This week's tagline. It's the psychomedy one you've always wanted. It's the psychomedy. Psychomedy podcast you always you never knew you wanted. Yeah. 
Come for the laughs, well, stay for the information. Gaffs. One of the things that I did tell my friends in Cuba that got a big laugh was that I knew someone who thought that quesadilla meant what's the deal. <laughs> and uh, it was like the Mexican Jerry Seinfeld. Quesadilla. Yeah. Um, Quesadilla, uh, airplane food. <laughs> so I would love to see the like Mexican Jerry there Seinfeld. Is, is there a Mexican Jerry um, Seinfeld? There's no, well, actually, should we tweet at no, him? No, 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 no. There's not a Mexican Jerry Seinfeld at UCB um, in LA. There was someone who played a Mexican Jerry oh, Seinfeld. Oh, that's less fun. No, it was hilarious. Actually, it was a friend of mine who did it. Is he Mexican? No. Okay, that's offensive. He is Italian. I guess you could kind of That's close. whatever. Did you ever see the ad campaign where there's all that like trash on the ground and it goes up to a Native American who's crying? No. You you've never seen that one? It's it's from like the eighties. No. There well there's a very Don't shame me. No, I'm not shaming you. That's probably why you throw trash on the ground so much. There is an ad campaign where it's like scanning across a field full of garbage and then at the t- at the end of the field is a native american in like full war dress and it zooms on his face and he has like one tear mm. crying uh he was an italian man <laughs> they just dressed like a native oh, really? american yeah it was the 80s they were like it's the same thing right yeah i mean in the 80s like really you could get away with like anyone playing any ethnicity in the 80s there was like three races yeah yeah I mean, it still happens though, right? Like, weren't people protesting? There was a white actress. Wasn't it Charlotte? What's her name? Charlotte Johansson? Scarlett Johansson? Yeah. Um, I got two people confused. Yeah. She was like, didn't she get a role that was like an Asian woman role? I don't know. I think it happens a lot where they adapt books to movies. And in the book, it's someone of a different ethnicity than white. And then they recast it as a white person. And like, no need. No need. I mean... There are so many actors out there that are dying. Like, yeah. they would, I mean, they would kill it. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's like what directors and studios think that we want to see. Yeah. It's like, just make it so that women are directors more. Yeah. Make it so that people of color get fucking movie roles. Cause well, here's the thing that I noticed too, that if it's a movie uniquely about a minority type problem, or situation. So if it's like Boys in the Hood, like they're gonna cast black actors. If it's something uniquely about that, they'll cast the race. But if it's just a general kind of cross cutting movie, oh, a movie about an unplanned pregnancy, let's put two white people on that one. It's like the default is white dudes, even though like a female could clearly play a lot of these roles. A female it, could play a pregnant woman. I know, but Seth Rogen was way better at it. Anyways, people of color should be in more movies because that's the world we live yeah, in. I know it's, it's a controversial not- statement. My friend Eric texted me, pet peeve, LOL. Oh, Amanda, our friend Amanda made a meme about something I said. Mm. You too, Baha. <laughs> I'm glad that, you know what that means? That they're listening all the way through. I know that's, I have uh, one of my best friends also, which I was like, I mentioned the podcast a long time ago, and I don't want to hound people about it. So I was like, I don't know if he listens or not. And then he texted me also about that very last clip, which means he played it through to the end. Yeah, that makes me happy. Unless he's just scrolling to the end. (laughs) Just to be like, I'm a good friend. I listen to this all the way through. Now, I'm only going to know that you listened if you play what's perfectly in the middle. Good. Well, let's say a, a special word in the middle, and then if people really love us, they just repeat that word to us the yeah, next time we like talk a code to them word yeah a code word i love a that friendship we, word. we keep raising the bar for what it means to be friends with us 
It's like, oh, you thought it was just hanging out? No, you need to listen to our podcast straight through weekly and remember a code word. And talk to other people about our podcast. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit more about pseudoscience and just to talk about, I proposed this topic to you the day you came back and you were very much for it. And then the very next day you'd forgotten all about what I'd proposed. And so I'm excited to see if you're still all for it or if we have to abruptly change the topic. Well, it's going to be hard with all those notes that you've taken. I don't want to change it on you. Perfect. I was trying... three piles of index cards. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I was trying to find a research study about how often clinicians fall for pseudoscience. Very little research. on Psychology clinicians. Yeah. Yeah. Just just to make it a little bit more narrow. Um, Because I feel like when I was doing a lot of research over the past week about like examples of pseudoscience, I feel like it so strongly overlaps in psychology where I feel like there's not as much, at least maybe I was just like not finding as much about other areas of health. Well, what about like, I mean, medical doctors come across it all the time. Right. I, I just feel like a lot of the stuff I was finding, it just seems like the stuff in psychology, it seems to last a lot longer. Whereas I feel like in medicine, it's maybe because it's easier to do placebo testing with medications. Mm. So mm. A lot of the rigor in medicine is just higher because it is the way, like I can give you a pill or a fake pill. I can test that where a lot of these things are a little harder to test. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And People still, like, because psychology as a field is younger, comparative to medicine, we're more prone to these problems because people still have this weird idea of what psychology is. Well, maybe also because medicine works or it doesn't. I'm just thinking about, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, like Steve Jobs, how he tried to cure his own cancer Mm -hmm. and he died from it because you you can't cure cancer by like whatever diet he was doing. Beet juice. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that, that clearly didn't work because he died. Yeah. So that's yes, it's pretty hard feedback. Yeah. And it's like, it's different when it's like related to like mental, emotional states. Yeah, absolutely. And because there's so many other things going on in psychology, there's like the sunk cost fallacy where it's like, oh, I put so much time and effort. It's got to be working. I want to reiterate that just because something might be pseudoscience doesn't mean that it's necessarily bad. Like if you Mm want to engage in that practice. I think I kind of said this a couple of times last time, but if you want to engage in that practice and it's meaningful to you, go for it. As long as it's not causing significant problems, like exactly mon- like health, money, social. One of the problems with this stuff is that it dilutes the field. So if you're desperate and you're entering the market for it, it's harder to find the good stuff because there's also so much fake stuff, especially with psychology. I feel like so many people are like, I'm really anxious. I have a lot of problems. I don't know what to do. I'm going to look for treatment. And then you Google it and then there's 20 or 30 treatments, some of which are really empirically supported and some which are like fake pseudoscience and they just waste time and money and they lose hope in the process when there is real stuff out there. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Okay, great. So so what what we're going to do today, Uh we're going to play a little game. I wasn't able to find really good numbers or good research on how how easy it is for a clinician to identify pseudoscience versus none. I think one of the issues is that a lot of clinicians don't know perhaps that what they've learned or what they believe in is pseudoscience. In psychology, when we're looking at assessments and treatments, we talk about reliability and validity. And quick reminder for those of you who it's been a while since you talked about those concepts, reliability is related to repeatability, where you get the same results over time. So if you use an assessment and you test someone, like there's different types of reliability, like test retest, split half, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. But if you're playing darts, reliability is hitting the dart in the same spot every time. Yes. 
good call. So the other thing is validity, which is... The bullseye. Yeah. It's basically, is this testing what you think it's testing? Right. One of the things that comes up a lot in my field is that we do IQ tests with all different types of people. And one of those in schools is English learners. Mm -hmm. So students who come to this country and they're not doing well in school, they're like, oh, they might have a cognitive issue. That's why they're not doing well in school. What happens is some people give them an IQ test. They've only been in the country for six months. They don't speak English. And lo and behold, they score really low on an IQ test. Well, an IQ test is very language laden. Yeah. You have to understand what you're doing. Yeah, you have to understand the question to be able to answer it. So basically what that means is like the test is not valid for that person. And so a lot of people report like, well, their IQ score is 70, which is intellectually disabled, but it's not that they're cognitively disabled. They are actually not speaking English. So if I give you a test that's supposed to measure IQ and the test measures whether or not you can speak English, that's a huge validity issue. Yeah, it's a big difference getting more and more excited to talk about okay, the topic. Okay, go. So really quick, one of the reasons why it's difficult to know exactly how often this stuff happens is because there's different conditions that will make it more likely that people will fall for pseudoscience, even, even if you're a clinician. So things like your training is a big one. What, mm -hmm. what you've been directly taught, mm -hmm. how long you've been using something, the longer you use it, the yeah. harder it is to stop using it. Right. And the big one is how cognitively preoccupied or busy you are. Mm. So basically, they, a lot of the research was showing the more overworked, overbooked, just busy clinicians, the more likely they are to make these clinical judgment errors, just because you're relying on heuristics more. So you have these shortcuts. Well, also, I've heard people say, oh, I, I give this test because I like it. In the past, when I was teaching a course on assessment, I would bring up, I would like lift the hood and talk about the stats and, and students would get so like, uh, we don't we don't like the stat stuff. It's yeah. like, well, this is why this is the fucking important part. Yeah. So we are gonna play P Q R. Okay. Pseudoscience, quasi science, hmm. real science. I am your host, Doctor Mike, and we are here to play yet another P Q R. And everyone's like, yeah. There's a lady dressed like grapes because she thinks she's at the prices, right? <laughs> with a big name tag. With a big name. One person with a big name tag in the wrong studio, just like in our living room. <laughs> How'd she get in here? <laughs> so we are going to play a game called PQR, uh -huh. pseudoscience, quasi-science, real science. Okay. So there's three categories. Okay. Category one is assessments, okay. which are ways to test, ways to measure different things. Okay. Category two are disorders. Okay. So problems that people might be diagnosed with. Mm -hmm. Category three is treatment. So okay. things a clinician might do or recommend that you do. And for each one, I'm going to read you just the name of it. Okay. And I'm going to ask you to guess, is it pseudoscience? Which means that there is no empirical research supporting it. There's no, like the theoretical basis isn't good or it's been, usually it's been proven to not be effective. Or... Like you can't test it because... Right, right, right. So, or is it quasi-science, which is that weird gray area where there is research showing it works, mm -hmm. but the either A, it doesn't work for everything, yeah, or it works, but not for why it says it works. Okay. So there's some things on there where I can, I've, I found a lot of research showing it's effective, but I found also a lot of research showing that the explanation for it is not what's actually going on. It's not valid. It's not valid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Or is it real science where even even if it sounds weird, it's there's research showing that it's 
it's been tested. It's been shown. It's been shown to be helpful. Well, can it be real science and not effective? Um, it could be. For this game, I didn't choose anything like okay. that. Okay. All right. Yeah. So it's either stuff that maybe you would hear another clinician is saying, or if you're a consumer, this is something that a clinician might encourage you to do. And we want to talk about is it real or not? Okay. So there, here's how you score points. Okay. You will get two points if you correctly guess the answer just on name alone. Okay. But for everyone, you have the option to ask <laughs> me to define what it is. So okay. I, can, I can give an explanation of what the actual thing is. And you will get no points if you're wrong, basically. So okay. how does that sound? Um, that sounds good. I didn't know I was going to be tested today, but I'm, I'm yeah. game. Well, you agreed to this on Wednesday. So... <laughs> So I was half asleep. I know. That's why I decided to do it then. Okay. Diana. Yes. You're on the board. It's Dr. Diana to you. Dr. Diana. Yes. And also the reason I'm doing this is because you're the smartest psychologist I know. And so I want to see how good you are at this. No, no, it's true. It's true. It's very true. So you're on the board. Okay. Do you want to choose assessments, disorders, or treatment? Let's choose assessment or treatment. Let's do um, assessment because we were just talking about it. Okay. I'm primed. You're primed. You're ready to go for... Two points. Okay. <laughs> like a secret if you're being... Yeah, honest. I don't want you to cheat. Okay. The Rorschach... Can't... Never mind. Go for it. Dr. Diana, for yep. two points. Yeah. The Rorschach exam. Pseudoscience. Quasi-science. Ding, ding. Okay. So, the Rorschach exam. Quasi-science. Have you ever done the Rorschach or like seen the Rorschach done? Um, I've seen it. I've gone through the tiles. They're kind of interesting. I'd like to have some tiles to like make use as art in this... In our house. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I really regret it because at one point in grad school, the clinic we had, there was a box of them like in the attic. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, and no one was using them. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take these. And then I, I, I never did. I forgot to. Well, look, they're beautiful now. I mean, they used to be just black and white, but yeah, now the they're colors color. are amazing. Yeah, they're really nice to look at. That'd be cool to get. Okay. Yeah. So, so what made you say quasi science? Well, I said pseudoscience first. <laughs> pseudoscience. But, um, I can understand how it's quasi-science because, well, I said pseudoscience because I think it's all fake, but I can understand it's quasi, quasi-science, quasi-moto-science. Yeah. Because uh, hunched up. I could see how it, it tests a different construct that you, than you think it's testing. Yeah. 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 So, so the- wait, let's explain what a Rorschach test Perfect. is. Perfect. Go for it. They're ink blots. Yeah. So basically the, the, the idea is you're supposed to present them and say, tell me the first thing you see mm-hmm. and then through that i mean it's very freudian um yeah. and and through that then you're supposed to have, like have a window into the emotional functioning of the individual like do they have a personality disorder do they have like an oedipus complex do yeah. they have like so so there's a lot of problems with the rorschach okay. so, so that's the basis of it you you're asked to, to describe what you see and then the clinician guides you through getting more detail so they're like oh like what's over here and where do you see that which is one of the biggest problems with it so the rorschach has been found to have high subjectivity, which means that from person to person is very different just based on what you're paying attention to because it's a very dynamic process. Very low reliability. So if you take it today and you take it tomorrow, you're going to get different things. But if you take it with two different clinicians, you're going to get wildly different responses. Yeah. Also, very low prediction rate. And so regardless of the response, it's it doesn't have a great ability to predict things. Mm-hmm. But in a 2003 comprehensive review of all the research using the, the Rorschach, mm-hmm. they found that it has the lowest prediction hit rate that you can have without By being... By prediction, you mean diagnosis? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. how good you are at diagnosing or predicting future behavior. Okay. It's the lowest you can be, but it's still a little bit better than chance. Oh. And, and so basically the uh, this... But- 
I'm sorry. You could argue that just interacting with the person would be better than chance. It's slightly better than chance, but the work that goes into it, Uh it takes a long time to give a really long time to score. Mm -hmm. And the idea is like you have to get trained on it for like years to be good at it. It's not worth it when you can do way better. You know what would be an interesting study is to look at the difference between someone who's quote unquote well trained and Mm -hmm. someone who's not trained at all and see like, like do they come up with different things? Oh, if someone fucking scoops that idea. Well, let's start. Let me cut it out. Start start filling out the IRB. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get the data first. We'll do the IRB later. Data already collected. Yep. (laughs) Good. Historical data. Dr. Diana, you're on the board. Okay. How many points do I have? One? Two, zero. Uh, zero points. Wrong. Great. Zero points. Assessment, disorders, treatment. Let's just keep going down the road. No, I mean disorders. Disorders. This is not my area of specialty, by the way. Okay. Disorders. But I'll play. Okay. For two points. Yeah. Adrenal fatigue. Science. Uh, Pseudoscience. No. Uh, so adrenal fatigue. Well, this is it's really... A, it's a constellation of problems. Nervousness. Fatigue, poor sleep, a lot of kind of general complaints. There's actually no evidence of reliability of this as a, a con- consistent one problem. Mm. It's usually a constellation of things, including uh, somatization. Okay, but to be fair, I wouldn't diagnose that. Right. This, this is, is a medical yeah. diagnosis. I, I chose that one only because people coming in a lot of times will be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not depressed I have adrenal fatigue mm. and, or I'll have doctors that are like, I need you to rule out adrenal fatigue. And I was like, well, I just did. There's no research showing it's an Well, do you thing. think that I should be careful because it's make, in making me sound like a bad practitioner? No, I think this is good because this is showing that a lot of these things too, I intentionally, there's a couple of things that are like perfectly in your real house, that it, but there's a couple of things outside of it with this is showing that you're the smartest psychologist that oh. I know. And it's really easy to, unless you're, like Unless it, that's my area of expertise. It took me a long time to actually find the research for this stuff too. Mm-hmm. I'm not bragging about the work I put into this. <laughs> but yeah, for a lot of this stuff, it took a long time to actually find yes or no, is this a real thing? Mm, so this okay. is why this is so difficult. Well, I guess the idea is even as a clinician, even if you think you know something, maybe if it's new to you, maybe do some research Absolutely. on it. Even if it sounds right. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Even if it sounds good. Okay, let's go down to treatment. Okay. For two points, emotional freedom therapy. I'm going to say pseudoscience. I don't know anything about it. Ding, 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 ding. Yay. Just because I've never heard it before. Do you know what it is? Emotional freedom? Yeah. Emotional freedom therapy. No. Okay. Emotional freedom therapy. It is a unique therapy that combines acupuncture, neurolinguistics, energy medicine, and thought field treatment. What's neurolinguistics? This is just the combination of four fake sciences. So... It's we like, talked about acupuncture not being fake, by the way. I would say that's quasi. So this is basically tapping. Oh. T- talk about your trauma. Right. I'm going to tap you on the forehead and release that energy. Okay. Wait. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, And there's um, there's no empirical support that it's effective, even better than no no treatment. So that, that's a big one that makes it quasi, makes some of these quasi, is even though they're not good, they're better than no treatment. This is not even better than no treatment. It's not helpful to get tapped on. Okay. Two points. We did it. Bum, 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 bum. Um, Let's go back to assessments. Okay. For two points. Yeah. Strengths, weakness-based assessment. Oh, I know this one. Pseudoscience. Ding, 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 ding. I'm also kind of disappointed because I expected a much more angry reaction based on past times we've talked about this. Oh, no, no, no. So, so what, let why me is tell it you yeah, please, about please this. Please do. Please do. So this is fun. I actually teach a cognitive assessment class, so this is right up my alley. Everyone has strengths and weaknesses. 
basically that just means you're better at some things than you are at other things. Fine. Great. Everyone. I like <laughs> what? Fine. Fine. Good. You're strong. Great. Like we've talked Sweet about biceps. this on here. Like your processing speed is probably quicker than mine. Okay, great. Does that mean that you're going to learn in a certain modality better than I am? No, means nothing. It means that the best predictor of how you're going to do in the future in terms of, well, in terms of anything, but especially in terms of academics is how hard you study, okay. how motivated you are. Ugh, fucked. And I mean, there are some things you need to be like, you know, not intellectually disabled, but like a person who has an average IQ can perform just as well as a person with above, above average IQ if they work hard enough. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter. You don't want to talk about strengths and weaknesses because there's no consistent way to apply it. So basically mm -hmm. people talk about strengths and weaknesses like, oh, if you have this profile of strengths and weaknesses, that means you have autism or that means you have some sort of like processing disorder or whatever. So, so full disclosure, yeah. strength and weaknesses was how I was trained to do oh, really? assessments. Yeah. It happens a ton in clinical and like you, you had a really big impact on me not doing Aww. that anymore because you were very passionately against it. And so that really prompted me to like do the research yeah. and the research is consistently like there's no empirical evidence yeah. that it's meaningful. Right. I mean, it doesn't help you differentially diagnose. There's all kinds, like if you look at like what we call profile analysis, which is like basically strengths and weaknesses, you'll see that there are a multitude of pro quote unquote profiles out there that don't lead to any sort of discriminative ability to understand someone's issues or yeah. learning processes it's, or whatever. Just, it, it seems on the surface meaningful. It's, yeah, it's it not. does. Cool. Great. Two points on the board. Yay. Let's go on to disorders. Let's say... You got someone that got the assessment and they come in and the doctor says, Dr. Diana. Yes. By the way, I will say, like, if you're a person out there who I'm seeing something that's like does not gel with you and you want to talk about it further, like email us. Yeah, please. This would be an amazing conversation. What's their email? Rev.psychcast at gmail.com. So. Yes. For two points. If someone comes in with the psych disorder of... Mariko Aoki. Karaoke? Mariko Aoki. M-A-R-I-K-O. Steve Aoki? No, not I went your to friend. college with him. I know. This is Steve Aoki, Aoki disorder. <laughs> Mariko Aoki. I, I have no idea. Do you want to hear what it is? Yeah. Okay. So for one point, Mariko Aoki. Am if, I guessing this and then I get a point? If you, if you guess if it's tr true or not, if it's not a real thing. Oh, I, my points go down if You're, you have to read the definition. Yes. Okay, I wasn't listening That's okay. earlier. Okay. So, Mariko Aoki, it's a culturally bound <gasps> syndrome where you have to defecate in bookstores. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's science. Ding, 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 ding. How do you know it's science? Because I have it. <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah. It's... <laughs> Uh, I think it's in Japanese people. Yeah, it's a Japanese disorder. It's my inner Japanese lady. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a Japanese Maybe lady. Maybe I was Japanese in my last life. Maybe, and you carried that over? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one character trait. I Yeah, I wait, did you say diarrhea? No, no. you just de defecate. No. I remember the D word. Like, I, don't, I might cut that out of context just to drop in somewhere where I'm talking and you go, did you just say diarrhea? <laughs> like your brain's always scanning for the word diarrhea. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, so we always, we have, do when people say your name, do you think that they're about to say diarrhea? No, diorama is a big one. Okay. 
Yeah, I always got confused in school when Diar- they were like, yeah. who wants to make a diorama? And I thought they were about to say diarrhea, so I raised my hand. <laughs> Wait, I you knew. say diorama? Yeah. Oh, yeah. hello. I say diorama. Mm. Okay. Okay. Back down to treatments. This is going to be a good one. Two points. Uh, do you want to explain what culturally bound syndromes are? Yeah, I love culturally bound syndromes. So all of our... <gasps> Sorry. All of our diagnoses are... are they're all culturally defined there's some that are cross-cutting like anxiety and depression are very human experiences human experiences yes they're very especially depression they're very universal experiences but the expression of a lot of these emotions look different cross-culturally and so there's a lot of culturally bound disorders where they show up in certain areas but not others based on just the meaning they put on their feelings another one it's called dat syndrome dat syndrome is found in india most predominantly, it is the uh, like consistent and persistent fear that you are losing semen, not you, men, uh, and or it's being stolen from you. And so it's like the common. It's a lot of anxiety along with uh, erectile dysfunction, mm-hmm. and it's the the irrational fear that the erectile dysfunction is being caused by your semen leaking out. All right. Yeah, culturally bound. So okay, cool. If you're dating an Indian man, be on the lookout. But let's go back to treatment. I wonder if our friend Mo would want to talk about that. Maybe. He's not Indian. He's not Indian, so. <laughs> is he Pakistani? Nope, not even that. Bengali. Yep. Got it. Yeah. Nailed it. Sorry, Mo. For two points. <laughs> Melatonin for sleep. Science. Ding, ding, ding. Yay! Science. In a 2018 meta-analysis. A 1918 meta-analysis. The 1918 meta-analysis on, on melatonin. In a 2018 meta-analysis on the utility of melatonin. Melatonin was found to reduce the onset of sleep by seven minutes and increase sleep over the course of a night on average by eight minutes. Great example of significance versus clinical utility. So melatonin is something that we naturally produce. Right. But I took this quiz on, I don't know if it was accurate or not. It was in New York Times, but it was super interesting. I don't know how reliable or valid it is. Uh, basically it, you answer all these questions about like when you have energy and when you don't have energy throughout the day. And it's like, when do you go to sleep normally? Like when do you wake up it's normally? Like, it's when your brain has peak melatonin levels. Yeah. So it's like, like if you were to sleep in, like how long would you sleep in for? Like I would sleep till noon. I mean, I have to set my alarm to get up on the weekends cause I would sleep so much and then I'd be depressed. Yeah. Basically what it told me was that my peak melatonin, which is when you would fa- naturally fall asleep is early in the evening Mm -hmm. but it lasts a really long time for me so basically it's like people who might have problems falling asleep don't produce melatonin the necessary melatonin until later in the evening right so taking melatonin can actually really help you right but it might not help you stay asleep yeah two important things about melatonin naturally occurring but it's a nighttime chemical so as long as the sun's out your brain is stopping itself from making it and things like tv screens phones it's and like bright lights in the house mm-hmm. it's effective to stop your brain from releasing it i forgot to ask you yeah my friendly asked me um what about reading on a kindle those especially kindles my like limited reading about it is that they don't use the same backing lights as iphones do mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do with like the wavelength of light. I think it's like the blue light is a little bit worse, but Kindles don't have that as much. So I don't don't think it's as bad. Mm -hmm. Two, melatonin actually doesn't put you to sleep. It is an organizational chemical Mm. that gets your brain prepared for sleep. Mm -hmm. Seems really nuanced, but 
that's why when people take melatonin sometimes like it doesn't have a huge impact on how fast you fall asleep it just gets your brain prepared to do all the sleep stages but the other thing with melatonin is when you take it this is one of those chemicals where taking more of it is actually worse for you Mm. so there's a tipping point in a way the idea behind taking it is you're trying to coax your brain into making more of its own Mm -hmm. coax yeah c-o-k-e-s c-o-k-e-s yeah and if you take too much of it your brain knows oh yeah we didn't make any of this and it's going to flush it out so people actually get more awake and more agitated so i'll see people a lot of times they're like i'm taking like 45 milligrams of melatonin i'm like fuck stop that what's the dose normally like three or two and a half to eight ten is like the peak where it's like getting a little wonky it's a little bit too much okay let's do one one more treatment treatment no no one more disorder no let's do one more assessment the myers-briggs Oh, pseudoscience. Ding, 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 ding. I fucking hate the Myers-Briggs. Wait, is Logan going to be mad? No, he. I don't think he likes it either. Okay. Why is it pseudoscience? What do you know about it? Um. Well, so I don't do personality testing. You do. So yeah. this is not really my area of expertise. I think I think it's pseudoscience because you hate it so much. Yeah. So I trust you. The Myers-Briggs. Um, we wait, both- wait. Let me see if I can say it and then you say if it's right or not. Yeah. So the Myers-Briggs. Is that the one you take online? Or like, There's a, you can take it. It's like yeah. RF, it, feeling. Like feeling, rationality, extroversion. Yeah. So are you an, an R-F-E-L? I'm an A-S-L. <laughs> That's the one, right? Where you like have the letters yeah. and it's like four. Yeah, and you, it's like, you have a profile. Yeah, you get a profile of like, I'm rational, emotive. Extroverted. Learning positive. Yeah. I don't know. That's Body positive. Basically, there's no validity to it because... Well, I think it's not valid or reliable, probably. Um, you might answer questions differently each time. The Myers-Briggs. What is it used for? Sorry. What is it used for? It is used to snazz up the line where you, you sign your name or no, email. No, people don't put it there, do they? Yes, they do. Who does? So many people on professional emails. I've never seen it before. It's, it drives me nuts. They'll be like, all the best, Susan Jacobson, not a real person. And then like their title and then like, EMFJT. It's like... D- Maybe that's just their as known as name, their nickname. Yeah, their nickname is their Myers-Briggs profile. The Myers-Briggs, it's a personality test where it gives you these spectrums. There's four dimensions that you're on. It's like the internal, um, introverted, extroverted, uh, rational, logical, all, all these different ones. I don't know the names off the top of my head because I don't really give a shit. But... The Myers-Briggs has really bad metrics. So there's no, there's basically no test retest reliability on it. So you take it today and you take it in a week, it'll be very different. For some assessment, that's fine. So if you're doing like a depression assessment, if I were to test your depression today and test your depression later, we're assuming that your feelings are going to be different by then. Mm. The theory of the Myers-Briggs is that your personality is stable. And so if I test you two different times... Per the Myers-Briggs theory, you shouldn't change that much from time to time. Mm. That's why personality assessments need to have test retest reliability. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but like years apart, your personality can change. Right, right, right. And, and you, te- you tend to see that. That's another interesting episode, I think. That'd be really cool. Yeah. I don't know a lot about... You know a lot about personality. Yeah. I can take you, have a, you also have, have a, a lot of personality. Pers- I've been told I have a big personality. You do. So I've been told that too. Oh, that's why we love each other. So another way to test the Is reliability... Is my Myers-Briggs big? Like that's yeah. how it comes it out just, as? Yeah. Big. Yeah. Okay. All on bold. It doesn't have any of that, the test retest. It also is really poorly predictive. It doesn't really correlate with a lot of meaningful things. And one of the reasons why it's so problematic is there's high demand characteristics. So by that, I mean that 
reading it, you can very easily game it to get what you want out of it. Mm. And so there's another personality measure that was on the stack called the MMPI. Mm-hmm, the that's mi- good. The, yeah. The that's Minis- science. That's yeah. Ding, 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 ding. The Minnesota Multifastic Personality Inventory. So that one has tons of metrics, but also built-in metrics that will say if you're trying to game it or lie yeah. to it. And right, like right, right. W- which is what good rating skills have, like in terms of like, are you faking good? Are you faking bad? Are you, you know... Are you answering randomly? Yeah. Like, are you consistent with your answers? That kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it'll ask you the same question, but in different ways to yeah. see like or how flipped. you answer Yeah. And so the Myers-Briggs doesn't have any of that garbage. <laughs> good. Yeah. So, I think you did a great job. How do you feel? I feel like I... Definitely need to look some stuff up mm-hmm. if I don't know it, like which is good practitioner stuff anyways. Yeah. Um, need to do my research. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm pretty good about that, but I'm also a researcher, so yeah. I have and, and that's this is the other thing I wanna say. I don't mean to brag, but I have access to databases yeah. where I can get a lot of research easily. Yeah, and that's why this was so difficult is I had to go in and I I had to do research through databases to get all this information. Right. Whereas if I were to just Google it, like with the tapping therapy, yeah. for a lot of these, I did two searches, straight Google and then like Google Scholar. the Google Scholar. Straight Google for like the tapping. It was, <laughs> Is that different than gay Google? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that one gets blocked at my work. The uh, non-scholarly Google, if you just went with that, the first page is all about why tapping therapy works, but they're all tapping therapy websites. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, totally. But if you go on Scholar, every article is why it doesn't well, work. Well, here's the thing, and here's what I want to tell people. There's a lot more open access journals now than there used to be, and there's a lot, there's a yeah. movement towards like making journal articles public. And so, and these are like peer reviewed journal articles. So if you just go on Google Scholar and you type something in, chances are you're going to find some research you can access. Yeah. Or at least get the abstract to it. Right. You can go on a Google Scholar. It's just like scholar.google.com. Google.scholar.com. I think it's Google.scholar. If you Google Google Scholar, it'll come up. That's always how I get to it. I know, me too. (laughs) Then you have to answer a CAPTCHA for 45 minutes. It's always like, which Which one one of these has a billboard in it? Which one is a car? I think we're we're fucked when robots can click a button that says I'm not a robot, though. Yeah. What's going to happen then? Sometimes I can't, like, find the... Like, I'm like, none of these pictures have the thing in it. One time Google did kick me out because I got it wrong too often. <laughs> and I, like, just went to the bathroom and stared at myself in the mirror. Just just like, am I a robot? At two robots. At two robot. What was I saying? You're talking about... Google Scholar. Oh, yeah. So you can Google Google Scholar and then go onto the Google Scholar website and type type in. Let's say you're like you're starting going to therapy and the therapist is like, I do rake therapy. And you're like. Rape therapy? Rake. Oh. R-A-K-E. Reiki? No, not Reiki. Oh. Rake therapy. Oh, like yard work? Well, this <laughs> this is a therapy I just heard about. Stop it. I swear to God. Okay. Yeah, I heard about it. Someone told me that they do that. And I was like, well, I don't know what that is. So I Googled it and then I Google scholared it. Good job. Thank you. So anyways, if you go to a therapist, they say they do rake therapy and you go into Google Scholar, you type that in, you'll get a lot of, well, no, I don't know how many articles you'll get actually. I don't remember. But the Google Scholar articles will be peer reviewed journals that you can actually look at. And if you don't read, if you don't know how to read research, you're fine. Just read the abstract 
and then read the discussion. And that's it. That's all you need to know. And basically both those things will tell you whether or not there's evidence to support it. Again, it there may be questionable statistics or there may be things that like you might not yeah. be able to decipher, but that's okay. This is one of those areas where typically consensus is better. Consent I, is better? Well, consent is always better. Yeah. Consensus. Mm. So if you if you go is that on the plural of consent. Yeah. Consent all of us. Okay. Uh, if you can go on Google Scholar and look it up, and then you ha- you find a lot of different researchers all generally saying it's effective, then yeah, like it's, it's right. A good- it's repeatability. Like how often is it found? Are they different researchers? Blah, 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 Right. Blah, but blah. if there's not a lot coming up, or if it's all from the same research group, that is a time to be like, all right, this might not be... There might be other options out there. Well, cool. I had fun. That was a good time. Yeah, we got to go. What is coming up next time? It's my topic. It's your topic. I don't know what I'm going to do. Any any last minute updates or plugs you want to put in? Um, Like like watch my Netflix special? Yeah. I don't when's have that, one. When's that launching? I don't have a book. I don't have okay. a special. So anything ex- anything you're excited about coming out? Even not yours? Like in general? Am yeah, I excited like for Life things? stuff you're excited about? I'm excited to... I'm kind of taking a new on a new venture. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to do that. Cool. Not, not career change, but like some some differences in, in career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? I am excited. Uh, I just got back into reading The Handmaid's Tale. So I'm excited to actually like read the rest of that. Okay. I'm excited about uh, things have calmed down around the house, like unpacking wise. We're now yeah. I'm getting back into running. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I'm excited. All the stickers came in. Yeah. They look awesome. Yeah. We're sticking them on stuff. So if you want some stickers, you just comment on our Facebook and we'll mail them to you. We're getting closer to that t-shirt mark. And so keep sharing, keep Get listening. some shirts. And then we'll start passing out some free t-shirts. Get so, some shirts. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited that you're home. Thanks. I love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. I know I'm not close enough to the mic. Hold on. I'm... Yeah, your lips have to be touching it. Okay. I'm just... uh... There we go. That was probably the most clean sound I've gotten from your voice. I swallowed the microphone. Mm. It's in my tummy. <laughs> Remember the audible laughing? Mike is quietly <laughs> laughing to himself. Q-L-T-H. I just love it. It's in my tummy.